Hello and welcome to The Boldness. My name's Phineas Meir. Joining me in the studio, as he normally does, is Raphael Caleb. Hello. Yes, a, ram- a rambling biologist is at 3CR, ready to co-host The Boldness with Finn. Correct. And uh, before we go on, we should just point out that The Boldness is about grabbing your human rights, not just waiting for some well-meaning person to give them to you. So what is coming up on today's show, Raphael? We are talking about the very important issue of accessible public transport and on the line we have Mr. Brian Casanega. Brian Casanega, are you there, Brian? I am. Hi, Finn. Hi, Raphael. How are you doing? Very very well, sir. So tell us... um, Tell us, tell us the the public the public transport or the government has said uh, some some time ago that the public transport was going to be fully accessible for well every, everyone, including people with disabilities. How's that going? <laughs> um, I've got another joke book you might want to have a look at too, if you like. <laughs> um, but uh, no, not, nowhere near where they're supposed to be, uh, Finn. They uh, are well behind the goalposts. Um, we're supposed to have uh, just, just the trams alone, supposed to be 90% accessible, independently accessible by the end of 2017. We're less than 24% independently accessible. We're supposed to be 25% accessible by the year 2007. Uh, and we're only now, you know, at 2018, still only 24% independently accessible. So we're way, way behind the go post. Um, and you now I think I worked out the other day with someone that all in all, out of so far, we've progressed about 16 years and we're 11 years behind schedule. Right now. So, oh. Yep. Oh, well, Brian, is, uh, with trams, what about, does that include uh, the, I think it's the Chapel Street tram? Well, they just said, you know, by the end of 2017, 90% independently accessible. Yeah, because... I'm, I'm not aware there was any specifics as to exactly what lines or anything, um, but 90% means that we should be able to see most lines are running low-floor trams and more stops than not are in the you know, uh, platform stops or easy access stops. Because, uh, Brian, the reason I brought up the Chapel Street um, tram is because I believe that was the one line which was not going to have any accessible um, stops or trams on it. I have to admit, Raphael, that's news to me. I wasn't aware of it. I wasn't aware that any line was above having people with disabilities or parents with prams or senior citizens using it. So, what... uh, um, I don't know about you, but I might like to shop in Chapel Street. <laughs> well, it would be very nice, wouldn't it? Now, Finn... What what sort of so what does for those that are for those that are unaware what does accessible transport actually mean? Uh, 
But basically what it is, it's a raised platform. We used to call them super stops. Some people still do. I still do on occasion. But basically it's a raised platform stop where the new low-floor trams that we see uh, have a level floor. You don't have the steps. Most people that use trams would have used them probably a couple of times a week. Um, But the level entry stops or the super stops are a raised platform that meets the floor of the tram so that it's just roll on, roll off. Um, you don't have to walk up and down the stairs. It's, it's an entry that everybody can use. It's not just a select few, but everybody can use a low-floor tram at an access stop. And, uh, and whether that be in the city, like we see it quite a lot of them now around the city, not as many as what they should be, but there's quite a lot of them. Um, and they're uh, sprinkled around through the suburbs. The biggest problem we've got in the suburbs is matching up these stops with low-floor trams, and we've got a terrific mismatch going on at the moment um, and it's yeah, getting quite quite out of control really I don't know if anyone saw the media release last week from um, uh, the Honourable Jacinta Allen um, and Daniel Andrews the, um, to do with the tram stop upgrades to deliver better access, did anyone see that last week? I, 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 di- I did well, there's an inter- some interesting facts in that. Um, the um, like they're spruiking about how. Well, what the, I guess my question is: this is a great article, and it's good to see that something is being done. But my question is: exactly how much of this did they put up the money for? Because I know they didn't. This government did not put up the money for the new stops on Route 96 up Nicholson Street. That money was already put aside by the previous Liberal government. Just that this government sat on it for five years and done nothing with it. Right? Those stops at Nicholson Street should have been finished four or five years ago. Um, but now they're spruiking that we've got elections coming up, so all of a sudden we better let people know that we are going to put these stops in. Well, you should have done it five years ago. Um, and so that raises the question, how many of these other stops that they're talking about, um, you know, the Melbourne Museum, the Royal Exhibition Building and all the other places they mentioned, how many of those... Are they actually funding or were funded by the previous government just that they, they're not sharing that information so we have a we have a big problem here um, and the and still still even with all these uh, upgrades that they put in this article if you happen to come into the city on a train and get off of Flinders Street you still cannot get to the hospital precinct even with what they're talking about here because they're talking about putting two tram stops on William Street, one at Burke Street and one at the um, on the corner of um, Long, not Lonsdale, La Trobe Street there, um, where it meets the Flagstaff Railway Station. However, if you get off at Flinders Street, that's no good to you. You've now got to use two trams. You've got to catch one tram over to William Street along Burke Street and then another tram to take you up to, say, like a parent that's got a child that's got to go to the children. And we still can't get to the main hospital uh, hospital precinct. Why aren't they putting some of these stops right out smack bang outside the major hospital precinct so people could get off the train at Flinders Street and catch the 19 going straight up Elizabeth Street and drop them on Royal Parade right out the front of the Royal, uh, Royal Melbourne Hospital, which therefore puts you within walking distance of the Royal Melbourne, the Melbourne, the Royal Women's, Peter Mack, um, all of them, the whole precinct. Why aren't they doing that? Where, where's the common sense in, in what's supposedly in this article? So, um, so, yep. so, so the the so the infrastructure, so the infrastructure, but 
Pardon me. The the infrastructure that's there is, or the, the infrastructure or the propo- proposed infrastructure isn't going into the right places. Well, it's very questionable. Yeah, look, we we need these access stops all over the place. Then you know, eventually, we we need them everywhere. Wherever there's a tram stop, it needs to be accessed. Um, now, whether we'll ever get all of them, I'm not aware. But we certainly need, you know, a lot more than what we've got today. But you know. It just doesn't make any sense. So if we take a good look at... Um, at uh, I'm going to use the Brunswick area as an example of, of what's going on. We've got Sydney Road has low-floor trams, no superstops. <coughs> We've got uh, Ligon Street's got low-floor trams, no superstops. We've got Nicholson Street that's had low-floor trams for the last five or six years and still no superstops. Uh, and now we've got the new line, the 58, which they're saying, that, which runs up William Street, which they're saying they're going to put two stops, one at Burke Street and one at uh, Latrobe Street outside Flagstaff Station. But there's still no stops north of the zoo. The last stop on that one will be the zoo. From there on in, you can't get off the... If you need a, a level access stop, you can't get off the tram. Um, there was an article the other day, a gentleman by the name of James Carter came down from Euroa. Now, this guy travelled down on a scooter, on an electric scooter, came down by train to Melbourne to go to the flower show out there you know, at the um, exhibition building or at the Carlton Gardens there. Nobody told him, because he's from the country, so he's not overly aware of the tram network happening around Melbourne, but he, uh, he understands that there's, there's access, you know, super stops, access stops. So he got on a tram on the 96th thinking he could get off at the flower show. Nobody told him at the last access stop that that was the last access stop. So he had to go all the way out to Blythe Street in East Brunswick and then come back again. He couldn't get off. Yeah, but right. that, that added an hour to his journey at least. At I... least. An hour to an hour and a half on his journey. And he's already travelled down from Euroa. You know, it, it's just ridiculous. You know, it's... Um, so there, there's just no... There doesn't seem to be any rhythm or rhyme to what they're doing. And, and to spru- I guess my, my one of my biggest agitation points is the fact that they're spruiking, look what we're doing. So, no, you didn't do it. The previous government put a heap of this money up. You're just now seeing fit to spend what it was tagged for. You know, should, like I said, it should have been done years ago. That, that Nicholson Street problem should have been fixed five, four, five years ago. And that was one of... Uh, and I, I'm not trying to get differentiating between governments because I'm not here for that. But what's happened is one government said, we're going to make the first fully accessible tram line run from East Brunswick uh, in, at Blythe and Nicholson right through to St Kilda. As soon as the government's changed, the current government stopped that program and didn't do any more. We've seen no more done to that line since this government came into play. And now, with the elections coming up, all of a sudden, they're going to do some more work on that line. Well, good on you. You know, it should have been done years ago. Stop spruiking, you know. You, you need to take some blame, not credit. There's no credit in this. It's interesting also that all we've seen this government put money into really is into trains. When they they leased off or sold off the docks, right, the ports, that money they got for that, they put into the removal of the level crossings. Now, don't get me wrong, that's a very important program and and a good job done. I'll give them credit for that. But they put no money anywhere else. There's no money going into trams. There's no money going into buses. There's no money going into V-Line. Um, there's no money going anywhere in in relation to the amount of money they put into the metro system. 
So all the money's gone down one funnel, and everyone else can just keep walking. Well, Brian, is it? What about the proposed funding for the public transport link to Tullamarine? Um, is um, have people been consulted about on how that might be made to be made accessible or not? I'm yet to sit in a meeting. I'm involved with quite a few reference group meetings with different transport departments. I am yet to sit in a meeting where that topic is actually discussed. All we hear is rumours in the media. I'm yet to sit with anybody in a group meeting and have a discussion about any plans of a rail line going out to Tullamarine. Yeah, well, it's kind of like this. I just thought that if it was going to, if there was going to be, let's say, uh, new transport um, lines that were to come into Melbourne, then I think a good starting point would be to ask the question about how can we ensure that all people have got access to these new um, routes so that people can get around for an inclusive community. What what you will find, Raphael, is all new stations and new lines all come under a new PTV policy, right? And their policies are fairly strict and fairly amenable to accessibility, right? Accessibility is a high priority on the PTV's new policy regarding new stations, platforms, access to the stations and all sorts of stuff. And I guess we can see some examples of that like I live out here in the western suburbs, and we can see some examples of what they've done um, with, say, um, St Albans, Guinefer. Um, they're, they're two, you know, fairly new stations. Um, but that's all done. All these lines are being done as part of the level crossing removals and also making way for the new high-capacity train that's uh, the first one's going to run from Sunbury through to Cranbourne, Pakenham. Um, so... They need to work on all these stations on that line and that'll be the first train to go through the new tunnel, the Metro Tunnel, what they're calling Metro Tunnel 1 or Metro 1. I forget exactly the terminology. And that's going to go underneath everything in the city. Um, the, but, when, but I must admit, Raphael, the, the PTV policy now, it may still have some things that need tightening up a bit. We're still going through that and looking at it, but it's definitely a lot... Um, the codes in that policy now are definitely more usable, uh, definitely more access-minded for accessibility. So most people, like I don't think anyone could complain about the station out here at, um, at um, St Albans and or Guinefer, Right, Both new stations, both very accessible. The platforms are at the new height, the 1170, so we can roll on, roll off. Um, the new high-capacity train is going to be at the same height to meet those platforms. Um, we can't do that with the Siemens train, and that's unfortunate, but that's because it's got a different type of door. It's got a plug door, and you, unfortunately you can't have that level with the platform because when the door pops out, it bangs into the platform, and then you're stuck. <laughs> but with the Comenge and this new high capacity, um, they're going to meet this platform. But I think if I've answered your question there, Raphael, I, I think we're going to see new stations and new upgrades be much more accessibility-minded and planned accordingly. Yep, certainly. What about, like, um, that, um, like, there was a big problem for a long... Well, I believe there was a big problem for a long time about the height of platforms and trains as well, and it, I think that was actually applicable for trams for 
uh, people to get on and off, like with the distance between the gap? Okay, yeah, that, and that's and that's that's nearly as slow now as as what the the level access tram stops are. The what we're seeing on the on the metro network, the tra- the train network, is we're seeing that the, all new platforms are built to the new height, which is eleven seventy. Um, that eleven seventy runs from the top of the rail, I think, is the measurement, not from the ground itself, but from the top of the rail that the train sits on. Um, from the top of the rail to the level of the platform is 1170. And that levels up with two out of the three trains we've currently got, being the Comenge and the Extrapolis. Like I said, the Siemens is a different beast. That's a beast of a thing. Um, and we'll always need uh, for the drivers to get out with the ramps. On older platforms, there's a very... I think the last I saw, there was 132 platforms that have an area at the front end of the platform. So when the train pulls in, the front door is level with an area that's been raised up to 1170. So we can run up our wheelchairs or uh, people with prams, uh, senior citizens, whatever. It's a level entry into that front door, but only the front door. Yep, yep, because that is something which um, I'm aware of with the train network that... Um, if a person may need assistance, like the ramp to get onto a train, that they actually should, that it's, I think there's a reg, something that says that they need to use that first carriage door. There is a new policy now. Yeah, you're right there, Raphael. It is the, the front door. We have to be at the front end of the platform before the train pulls in so the driver can see us. Right, and this is the standard at the moment. Whether it's right or wrong, this is the conditions we're under at the moment. Um, so we need to be at the platform uh, before the train pulls in so the driver can see us. He then hops out with the ramp and takes it to the front door, the first door. If before getting to our platform, there's already that area is already full of, say, prams and wheelchairs, um, the, there's now a new policy in place that the driver has to take the ramp to the second door. That works okay for both the Comenge and the Extrapolis. Right, that's just a matter of walking down to the second door and putting the ramp down there and then we can board or alight or ever from there. The problem, again, is with the with the uh, Siemens because with the Siemens, there's very few doors on that train where you can actually put the ramp because there's no lift there for the ramp to hang on to. So for the ramp to be secure, it's got to be able to have a lip there for the... Uh, a, a, uh, a, like a trough there for the lip off the ramp to, to catch into. And with the Siemens, there's only four doors on either side of that train that we can actually put a ramp to. And there's the front door, or you've got to go back to the back of the third carriage, which is a, what we call an engine uh, an engine carriage. And there is, a, is another ramp already sitting there. Um, but the driver's got to go right back to that door and open that and get that ramp out and let us up into that door. So there's a lot of... A lot of wasted time there, but once again, that's, that train has just got some challenges to it that the Comenge and the Extrapolis don't have. Um, the Comenge and the Extrapolis are just uh, just easier. Now, for people that are not too sure which is which, the Siemens is the train you hop in that's got four wheelchair spaces at the very front, whereas all single seats that lift up. There's about eight, single, eight or ten single seats that lift up. 
um, and that's the Siemens, and that's the one that's a bit harder to, to work with. But the other two, the Comeng and the Extrapolis, they work quite well. But that's but that's a new policy they just brought in recently, Rafael, is that now the drivers must go to the second door and put the ramp at the second door so that we can get in. It's called the second door policy. Right, because like there's like it's it's one of those are the things, let's say, with public transport about let's say running to timetables, that because people who may have, let's say, mobility aids, uh, prams and pushes have to go to that very front door, um, couldn't that actually lead to them actually being maybe disadvantaged or actually missing the train because they're not in a designated spot because maybe there's a few obstacles to actually get to that first carriage? Definitely, definitely. I've missed many a train because I come onto the platform and as I'm trying to work my way down the platform, um, there's people everywhere because they're all lined up waiting for the train, right? And I'm trying to get down the platform. The train's now pulled in. The driver didn't see me in the crowd, right? So he's got no idea that I'm there, and I'm unable to get to not just me. I'm just using me as an example because I've experienced it, but many others will tell you the same story. And next minute, everyone's on the train. The driver's blown his whistle. Doors are shut, and away he goes, and we sit there and wave goodbye to the tail lights again. And that's not an uncommon experience. It's uh, most frustrating, most annoying. And then we uh, start making phone calls to let people know that um, we're probably going to be a little bit late. <laughs> we're speaking with Brian Casnier, who is a public transport advocate on the boldness this evening. Brian, what can we what can we do to, or what can they, what can governments do to try to make the public transport network? more uh, accessible? More funding, uh, Finn. More funding. It's, got, it's all about more funding. Uh, and stop putting the funding just into one area. It's got to be spread across the board because there's people that are trying to catch buses that are struggling every day. There's people trying to use V-Line that are struggling every day. Uh, like I know V-Line's got some serious problems and, and it's all about funding. Like you know, I fully believe that each of the departments in the PTV, whether it be Metro... Yarra Trams, uh, V-Line or you know, Bus Vic, I believe if they've got the funding, they will do their best to do what they can with that funding. It's all a matter of the funding. Um, but, but, you know, we, we've, we've seen this particular government waste a lot of money in the time that they've been in. Um, and we've now we've even seen more recently figures getting thrown out in the public media um, about how many millions have been wasted on the level crossing program. You know, way, way over budget. So they've just got to learn, I think, to you know, to be a bit more careful with what they're doing and, and put the funding in areas that is going to benefit people. Um, but I know with right now, we, we've got a big problem with the trams. The, the trams are just not getting any funding. Um, the And they need more funding because we've got enough problems with the trams whenever we're trying to put super stops in or when the Arab trams are trying to put super stops in in new areas... There's already big discussions that go on with the council and with the traders. They don't need to be worried about lack of funding as well. The funding needs to be made available and not, as in this news release, this media release that we got last week, not spruiking about how now we've got the funding. We've got $19 million here and we're going to put some stops in. No, you had that $19 million before you even got voted in. That was already tagged. That was already tagged by the previous government to finish that 96 route. So stop spruiking that it's your money, because it never was. 
Uh, and that, that's the thing. And that's the type of behaviour that's got to stop. We've got to start with with the plans of Melbourne for the, you know, I went to a function just recently where I was talking about Melbourne 2048. Stop Melbourne 2048 or something it was called. And the plan is is to, you know, try and decrease because the biggest waste of space in the city is the private motor vehicle. Right? The, the most economical and efficient and effective way to move large numbers of people is with public transport. And that, that just works. Right? And so if you can imp- put more funding into what works the most effectively and most efficiently and get it working quick as you can, then everyone's going to benefit from it. So there's another problem too. I don't know how much time I've got here, but I could talk about this all day, I'm <laughs> telling you. Well, um, just with a couple of minutes, Brian. Okay, um, but... We had a meeting a while ago with um, sitting in the room with with the uh, transport minister with Jacinta, and I said, Jacinta, the the problem you've got is we are we people with disabilities are not your problem. Our needs and demands are going to pale into insignificance as the baby boomers hand in their licences. Now that's going to be a massive group of elderly people that are going to need level access onto the public transport. They're going to need level access onto trams, level access onto trains, level access onto everything. And if you can't cater for us, the people with disabilities now, you're never going to be able to cater for the baby boomers that are already starting to hand in their licences. The oldest of the baby boomers are already, you know, in their early 70s. So we're starting to see numbers never... You know, over the next 15, 20 years, there's going to be a totally disproportionate number of people never seen before handing in their licences. They are going to want to use public transport. The problem we've got now on the trains is everybody is going to want to use the front door. And so that's going to that, that that's really going to put the, the timetables up up the creek. Forget about your timetables, chuck them out because you're not going to be able to match them. There's going to be fights at the front door, right? As to who's allowed in there and who's not. The driver's not going to know what to do with this mess. Now, uh, bro- sorry, yeah. Brian, don't mean to cut you off, but we're Running short of time, what if people want to get? If people want to, I guess, voice their concerns over accessible transport, what can they do? Well, I'm going to um, release something tonight. I've been talking to other people, but if there, anyone that's really interested, tomorrow uh, we've actually got a um, a rally on. If people want to attend, we've got it happening up on Sydney Road in. Um, in Brunswick, um, just outside, just back up the road a little bit from the Barclay Square Shopping Centre. Anyone at all that wants to come along and voice their opinion are more than welcome to come along to that um, and just show that they're supporting, that we need more money put into, in particular with this rally, it's more money for accessible stops for trams. Um, so anyone that wants to come along to that. Other than that, just just keep sending emails. Send emails to the Transport Minister. And what, sorry, what... Where was it, really, again, Ryan? It's on Sydney Road in Brunswick at the corner of Western Street. And that's um, that's tomorrow? That's tomorrow at lunchtime, 12 o'clock. 12, tomorrow, 12 o'clock. And apart from that, people can just uh, keep putting pressure on uh, the Transport Minister. Just, yeah, that's right. You're right, Finn. Just keep sending, just keep sending um, media reports to the media. Put it up on your social media. Put it any inconveniences you're having um, on uh, public transport, voice it on social media. Um, anytime you might get left behind because the trains are over full, send a complaint into the PTV feedback 
uh, links, get onto the PTV website, send in your voice, voice your your feelings and opinions on there, and just keep sending emails to the Transport Minister. Just keep it up and keep it up. Fantastic. Well, thank you very much for joining us tonight, Brian. Thank you for your time, Finn and Raphael. Thanks for inviting us. I appreciate it. No worries. Thank you very much, Brian. That that was Brian Casnega, who is a public transport advocate. Sadly, we have run way... We're running way over time. So uh, is there... What track are we going out on tonight, Raphael? Well, it's very appropriate. We go by that great song by Johnny Crescendo, Access, Access. Keep listening to 3CR. Next up, we have got Completer by Lovely. Oh, well, it's from the Spanish show that's coming up next that we're always going to butcher their name. Completer by Lovely. No, 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 I think we'll give up. All right, see you later. Cause we know you're wrong Access, access You've had your way too long We're here and we're gonna stay You closed all the streets The shutters out of town You tried to give us sweets As you took away our ground We don't want treats As the lights are going down What we want is access now Access, access Demonstrate your rights 